So at the age of 27, after spending a few years, we'll say wandering after college, I set out on a journey. I sold off or gave away pretty much everything I couldn't fit into my car, which it wasn't a very big car, so it really wasn't that much. And I drove up the East Coast from South Georgia. <laughs> it's really embarrassing when your phone's the one that goes off. Wow, that's, shh, it's Jesus. Uh, where was I? Uh, so um, I had uh, just finished my last summer working at summer camp, though at that point I really didn't know that that was going to be the last summer. Prior to that I had just finished my last contract working on the cruise ship, uh, and I was moving to the biggest place I had ever lived in my entire life. Uh, because the last uh, high mark for me was a town of about 60,000. Now I'm moving to this big city, a city where I could count the number of folks that I knew on two hands and the number of folks that I knew well on one. I arrived here in a new city to a new school to study a brand new field of study for me. It was a new adventure in this wild place and to top it off, I had no idea what I was going to do after, even as my student debt was beginning to increase. Nobody here knows about that, right? That first weekend, I had this thought, dear God, what am I doing here? Why have I done this? Where is this taking me? Now, I would love to tell you that as I sat in my dorm room just down the hill from here, that God came and an angel spoke to me and said, Joey, you're going to be a pastor and a campus minister and you'll meet your husband and you'll get dogs and you'll settle down and you'll even get ordained. That's what I'd love to tell you happened. That is not what happened. <laughs> What actually happened is this. God said, so you're here to go to seminary, uh, so go ahead and do that, and the rest will come. So just go ahead and start walking down the path, and don't worry about the bumps and the brush blocking this path, because you're going somewhere. This isn't an entirely unique experience. It sounds like from this room, it's not an entirely unique experience in this room. And Philip from our text this evening had a very similar experience. He was told by an angel to set out on a wilderness road, not certain where the journey would take him. He was told to travel south from Jerusalem on a road that we should hear as being wild and dangerous, less traveled, maybe the kind of road that might be a little risky to walk down, the kind of road that we saw highlighted in the story of the Good Samaritan. And to be clear, there were other paths out of the city, there were other ways to go from Jerusalem, but he was told to take this wilderness road. The text says that Philip was sent this way by the command of an angel. 
And from what the text says, or rather doesn't say, we can surmise that Philip did not know what was at the other end of this path. That Philip was setting out not knowing where he was going or even, where he, or even who he might meet along the way. Now, I feel like this is kind of a redundant thing because we just had the laughter, but I wonder how many of you have ever felt this way. Maybe before you made the decision to come here to AU, or for those of you who are graduating, maybe you have a bit of that feeling now. And just to be clear, just because you have a plan doesn't mean you're immune from these feelings either. Because I had a plan when I left South Georgia. It was going to seminary. But it wasn't until I got to seminary that I realized, oh yeah, there should probably be more plan than just go to seminary. That only fills up the next three years. And for those of you who are not graduating, maybe it feels a little of that way too. Maybe you are unsure of what your major is going to lead you to. Or maybe you're still trying to figure out your major. Maybe you're here studying, but what is next remains a bit unclear. And even if you have, and you're one of these folks who I try to be but fail at often, who has the complete plan, the laid out plan that is from here until retirement, even if that is the case, maybe you still have this feeling because as the saying goes, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. You know, it's an interesting part of this thing we call the Christian faith. We are often called to head out into the wilderness. It's pretty much a necessity, in fact, because at some point or another, all of us get called to go out into the wilderness, into the unknown, into the wild and unexpected. The Israelites spent decades walking in the desert before they entered the Promised Land. Some of the great prophets and leaders of the uh, Jewish community arose in times of wilderness and exile. John the Baptist went out into the desert wilderness to begin his work of proclamation. Jesus even spent time in the wilderness as he prepared for his ministry journey. Wilderness is this thing that pops up from time to time again and again. And yet, that fact doesn't make that any easier either. Because it takes walking by faith to walk into the wilderness. It means being as okay as we can be, not having all the answers. And maybe even the hardest part about all of this is trusting that God is walking with us, that it's not just me and my crazy ideas that's leading me down this path, that God is walking with us through this path, and God will be there the entire time walking with us, and God's going to remain with us even after we find the end of this path. And yet, we continue to be called to go out into the wilderness. But you know what? The wilderness can actually be this really incredible place where you never know exactly what is going to happen. Deuteronomy 23.1 makes very clear that eunuchs could never be full members of the Jewish faith. These individuals would have been seen as altered, and in that culture, more importantly, could not be circumcised, 
Without circumcision, one could never be fully Jewish. And no matter how sincerely one believed in the God of Abraham and Isaac, they were relegated to a lesser status. They were marginalized among the marginalized. Now, Philip, as he sets out on this journey, comes across just such a person, someone who had just been in Jerusalem to worship. And even as Philip approaches, this one that Philip finds in this chariot is reading scripture. This one who was already disqualified from full fellowship by the standards and who had been deemed unworthy of a full place at the table. This is who Philip encounters. And yet, here comes Philip, told to walk this path in the wilderness, and he has a choice. What do I do? Tradition says that this person isn't fully at the table, but I'm also doing this new Jesus thing, so what do I do? It should also be clear that at this point in history, we still hadn't settled whether to be Christian meant also converting to Judaism. And so all of this would have been swirling around as he looked at this person who could never fully convert to the Jewish faith and maybe not to the Christian faith. And so he has to decide, am I going to share the gospel with the one who was not fully welcomed but is sitting in front of me asking and hungering for more? Now, as the encounter continues, the two begin conversing about Scripture. And Philip does, in fact, share about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And this one who is not named then gives Philip another conundrum. He asks, what is to prevent me from being baptized? Now, I hear in that question a different question than what those words might uh, immediately mean. I hear the question saying, what prevents me from being fully included, fully welcomed as I am? I hear this one saying, I'm a foreigner, I'm the wrong race, I'm the wrong gender, identity, I'm seen as not pure, and most of all, God doesn't allow me as I am. This eunuch would have had this whole thinking because this is the status that the eunuch would have been relegated to. And so Philip has to be wondering, what would Jesus do in this moment? Wondering if Jesus, who often did what others said you shouldn't, would treat this one before him differently than most others. Now what Philip doesn't know is that what he does next is going to set a precedent for the whole church for our faith, and that's that no one is to be marginalized in the Christian faith. And in this new faith thing that we're doing, all are invited to participate in the grace of God. There are no second-class members of the body of Christ. It's a precedent it's precedent-setting because the next thing that happens is Philip takes this one and immediately goes down to the nearby water, which, just to be clear, was in the middle of the desert. So think about that, too. Water that just happened to be there in a time, in a moment where it was needed, and shares the waters of baptism. The same waters that, to this day, we use as a sign of our initiation into Christ's holy church. It's even crazier to think about the fact Philip 
probably had no idea that he was setting a new precedent. Had no way to comprehend the great impact of something like this on the church or that this story that he was living out would be one that would be enshrined in Scripture. Philip was just wandering down the wilderness road because an angel said, Go. Go that way. What a profound and powerful thing it is to walk down the wilderness road. Philip did not know where he was going or what he would do on that journey. It probably wasn't as easy as we might imagine to go and follow an unknown path, but he did. Philip has this encounter that shows the world that God's grace is for all, and in this faith our humanity, whoever we are, is worthy of dignity and fully embraced by God in the body of Christ. Because Philip wandered down the wilderness road, we know that there are no barriers to God's grace, that all are welcomed by God's grace, and that God does not marginalize anyone. What an incredible thing happened because Philip walked down the wilderness road. As we all look at our next steps, maybe there's wilderness roads that lie before us. It's not always easy, and it almost always comes with a good bit of uncertainty. But we're called to walk this journey all the same. Because since this newly founded community that we've been talking about since Easter was founded in the book of Acts, we've been empowered. We've been given a new message, and we've been given a new mission now to go forth out into the world, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with all the world, to share the good news of Christ's love and redemption, of God's grace and mercy. And when we do this, we are likely on our way to something we have never imagined, to things we've never dreamed of. Fifteen years ago, as I sat in my campus ministry worship, I never imagined that I would be one who was going to be called to preach and teach and share God's grace with others through the call to ordained ministry. Philip, prior to leaving Jerusalem, I bet didn't imagine he would end up baptizing an Ethiopian eunuch on a wilderness road in the desert. So many giants of the faith could tell you that where they ended up is not where they expected to be. But it is where they found themselves. And because they were there, they could do incredible things. Because they followed the path. This wilderness path into the unknown. As I said, some of us are about to take our next big steps, and for all of us, we're all taking a step, because as the semester ends, whether you're continuing on here at AU, or you're going to another school, or you're moving on to, <coughs> excuse me, on to work, or on to whatever else might be next, all of us have something next. Maybe it's a summer job, maybe it's a new opportunity. 
Whatever it is, all of us are being called to walk, to take that next step. And maybe that journey is leading you into the wilderness. Maybe it's leading you a bit into the unknown. Whatever it is, know this. God is walking with us through it all, and if we are open to it, there will be incredible opportunities to do great things we've never imagined, and to be the hands and feet of Christ, doing things we never could have convinced ourselves of, if we're willing to follow. And also know this, and believe this, because I believe this to be true for all of you, if you're willing to follow the wilderness path, God has incredible things in your future. Some incredible things that are even more incredible than the things we've talked about here today. You will go and do amazing things that change the world. Maybe literally change the world and maybe change others' worlds. But you will go and do and see and be a part of things that you could never imagine to the glory of God if you follow the wilderness path. Amen.